Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us and lots to get to as we move closer to the weekend. High school basketball rolling, the Indiana Hoosiers uh, in action again very soon with Big Ten play, which should be very exciting and just simply plenty to get to. It's just a great time of year for hoops and local sports and all of it put together makes Uh, This show, your daily stop each day for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Thursday program. Uh, Service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one, coming up in just a few moments. Greg Mingelt, he's the lead writer for Hoosier Hills Hoops. He covers Southern Indiana high school basketball uh, from all angles. He's going to join us to talk about some of the week's big headlines and get ready for the weekend as well. We'll do that coming up here in just a few moments. Also, uh, later in the hour, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall was with us earlier this week, so Tyler Tockman, one of his writers at Inside the Hall, is going to join, and we'll still talk a little IU Syracuse, uh, still some things to get to from that game, but we'll also look ahead to an upcoming two-game Big Ten Conference swing uh, for the Hoosiers when Tyler joins us later, and then we'll close things out today with a Cincinnati high school coach. His name is Ricardo Hill, and his Walnut Hills team is coming to Charlestown on Saturday to take place in a big day of basketball, the Body Armor Showcase. It's really a day and afternoon and evening full of ball games, and we'll hit the full schedule for you uh, coming up here in just a bit. But that will be fun, some great hoops in the area, local teams involved, Coach Hill's team, and a couple others coming from the Cincinnati area as well uh, with some big-time prospects. And so we'll talk with Coach Hill a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a reminder right out of the gate that the Thornton's text line is open 502 414 1450. That's 502 414 1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop. For all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts, send in your questions, comments for Greg on local sports uh, or also for Tyler on IU basketball. Maybe it's just a, a comment as well. We'll get to or do our best to get those on the air uh, today if you send them in at 502-414-1450. Let's get to our first guest of the day. Greg Mingelt is going to be with us from this point forward on Thursdays. He's with HoosierHillsHoops.com covering Southern Indiana High School basketball. As we introduced last week, Greg, the former sports editor at the News and Tribune, and it seems he's been around high school sports in our area uh, for many, many years now. Greg, the season is here. We actually have games, both girls and boys now, to talk about. And so far, I think things are off to a good start. 
Yeah, I think uh, once Jeff plays uh, this weekend, I think we got all the all the major local teams will have been in action. So uh, I think we have gotten fully started now. We talked some about this yesterday with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune when he was with us, but I'm not sure that any player uh, has been off to a better start this season than Brandon Northern. Two 30-plus point games for the Dragons so far. There were a lot of question marks about Coach Hoffman's Silver Creek team after losing Trey Kaufman, Wren, and Cooper Jacoby, and Northern has shown that he's he was already a great player. Now he's going to take his game and scoring to another level. Yeah, there wasn't much question uh, in my mind, at least, that um, you know when uh, Jacoby and and Kaufman both went off to college, that Northern would be I don't know about thirty points a game, but uh, there was no doubt that he was going to take over as the go-to guy from his freshman year. You could see that he had go-to guy in him, um, so it was just a matter of. Um, him having that kind of space to be the guy, and, and he certainly answered the call at least through two games, and uh, you know they, they look uh, worthy again this year. On Tuesdays, we announce on this show a player of the week, both a boys and a girls player uh, from our southern Indiana area. So I'd like to start with both of those winners this week. We did mention them earlier in the week, but Dakota Caps of Clarksville, he was fantastic against New Albany. The Generals uh, made a great comeback effort against New Albany, just a three-point win for the Bulldogs. Uh, Caps was good there with 22 points. Then he came back and had 32 a couple days later on Saturday as Clarksville beat a solid 1A Christian Academy team. So we talk about good starts to the season. Brandon Northern has been really good. He'll be a candidate, I think, for this award next week. Uh, but Dakota Caps, uh, worth mentioning, a senior guard from Clarksville. Uh, have heard uh, from some coaches here in the last week or so in- inquiring about him. I think he'll end up being a nice small college basketball player when things wrap up for the Generals. Yeah, and uh, Brandon Northern was our performance of the week, so his uh, outing against Columbus East uh, made him our performance of the week. But Caps in two games averaged 27 points a game. That's uh, getting the job done, too. And, um, and you know, the test of a really good player, he had 17 of his 32 points uh, against Christian Academy in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. You know, that's the kind of thing that separates uh, good players from great players. So uh, really good to see Clarksville kind of making their way back up. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Hankins, the new head coach there, uh, former Bloomington South player, played for J.R. Holmes, was an Indiana All-Star, played at Moorhead State, been a college assistant coach, mainly at the small college level uh, for the last number of years, but kind of making his uh, debut back in the Hoosier State and definitely his debut as a head high school coach. So it's been neat to see him already have some progress here with the program uh, in our area early on. Yeah, and it's always good when uh, there's high-quality basketball coaches in your area. And we've always, you know, since I've been here, we've always had high-quality basketball coaches here. But the more you have, the better it is. Obviously, um, players make good teams, but coaches make good programs. So anytime you can invest in a good coach – you know, it's, uh, that'll be sustainable for a, for a program like Clarksville. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillSoups.com, my guest. You can read a lot of his work at that website uh, covering all facets of Southern Indiana high school basketball. Uh, you mentioned Jeffersonville, really the only local, the big dog, and we expect them to be really good this season uh, that we haven't had a chance to see because the Red Devils uh, don't get started until this weekend. Yeah, a couple of uh, tough games. Evansville North uh, seems to be – uh, a team on the rise, um, you know, as uh, when I uh, talked with Andrew Grants this week, uh, talked about, um, you know, they are a potential 
um, regional opponent, you know, one of those teams that could come out of Evansville um, for whoever comes out of the Seymour sectional, obviously. And, uh, and then they play a team from Cincinnati that not only has a high-end Division I um, recruit, but also has a lot of balance, a lot of guys, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism. So good test for Jeffersonville right out of the gates. And, um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of questions to be answered when you haven't played yet. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see what they do. And, and the, you know, that uh, showcase over at Charlestown should be real, a really good uh, day of basketball. With Jeffersonville in action this weekend, of course, Floyd Central also will be in action. New Albany's got two tough ones this weekend. Harrison at home from Evansville and then Zionsville, who beat Carmel early this earlier this season uh, at home on Saturday night as well. You look at a home-and-home home weekend, you think, oh, that's pretty r- comfortable, but uh, not when you look at the two 4A opponents. So, uh, and even Borden and Providence, I think, play on Saturday night. So this weekend will be a good, what I would call an early season-defining weekend. We'll learn a lot, I think, about our local contenders. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, New Al- Zionsville is probably, I, I guess you could say, as good as any team in Indiana. One of those teams that can definitely win a state championship. One of those teams that when you play them, you're you're seeing where you are, how close you are to being good, how far you have to go. So anytime you get a game like that early in the season, it's uh it's exciting for a program. And uh, Floyd Central uh, again, no doubt a team that um, could be in that regional, could win that Seymour sectional. I think if you asked um, most experts, it would they probably lean toward Jeffersonville, but I don't think anyone would say definitive definitively that um, it's one or the other, or New Albany. I mean, obviously, I think Jeff and Floyd at this point would be considered the favorites, but I, you'd be silly to count out New Albany. I, I do want to mention that uh, each week there's a power poll for both the boys and the girls where you break down each team and kind of where they're at and why they are there. And, of course, a lot of interest in the first edition of the boys' power poll, the Dragons of Silver Creek on top because – you always want to start a state champion where they finished the year before, and obviously we know how good that Silver Creek team was a year ago and potentially how good they could be with Brandon Northern and crew uh, back again this year. But uh, talk a little bit about that power poll. And, again, it's still early. We haven't seen Jeff. There are some other unknowns, but how things laid out in that for you. Yeah, we don't want to be like uh, the college basketball voters that are disrespecting Baylor right now. <laughs> I can't believe how much they're disrespecting the national champions who look great putting them behind teams that have already lost when they're undefeated. Right. Anyway, so right. that's why we put, obviously, we think Jeff can be just as good as Silver Creek, if not better. But uh, when you have a power pull, you got to go by what's happened, not what you expect to happen. So uh, when you're the king, you're the king till somebody uh, takes your throne. For sure. So for sure. we're, we're going to keep Silver Creek there probably until they lose. Jeffersonville 2, Floyd Central 3, New Albany 4, and North Harrison five. Uh, beyond that, is there a sleeper team or someone else you would mention? Yeah, the the results Scottsburg's had so far has been um, kind of eye opening. You know, I think Eastern was expected to be pretty good and open the season against Borden, and then what Scottsburg did against Eastern, you know, um, pretty impressive. So really excited to see um, what they get to do, what they're going to do Friday against Charlestown, another team that. Uh, open the season with a win against New Washington, a team that's going to be pretty good too, I think. Sure, sure. And it's interesting to hear Scottsburg's 
name back in the mix. They really have a lot of intriguing players right now. And I think back some years ago when the pressure cooker in Scottsburg would be packed and for New Albany and Jeffersonville and Floyd Central, some of our very local teams, that's always been a tough place to play. And they really support their basketball there in Scott County. So the fact that they've got a team this year that could be a winner, uh, that will kind of add some flair. It's a little outside of Clark and Floyd County, but I know it's a, a, a county that you write about. Um, they kind of will add a, another element, I think, this year because the Warriors could be pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, uh, there's always those teams or those programs that basketball is better when they're good. And I think Scottsburg's one of those. You know, our area needs a good Scottsburg. So, um, but there are some other teams there, too, that um, are really interesting. Um, you know, like we said, Charlestown, New Washington. I think it's going to be a really good season around here. Clarksville, we already talked about. Borden, Doc Nash always has the has that team going by the end of the year. New Washington, I think, has a good chance to be a good Class A team. So, you know, some a couple of years we had dominated by individual stars, but this year I think our area is dominated by the depth of talent. Yeah, Greg Mingelt, he uh, writes about local basketball for HoosierHillsHoops.com, is my guest. Greg, each week we kind of get into some former players that are now doing very well at the college level, and it seems like – Almost every day there's some sort of highlight or standout performance to mention on this show, but I wanted to bring this up today. Sean East, kind of going a non-traditional route, was at a couple D1 schools, now back using his extra year of eligibility because of COVID at the junior college ranks. He's playing for John A. Logan. We had the Logan coach on a few weeks ago. They're really good. They're highly ranked in the junior college uh, rankings that are out there. But how about this? I saw yesterday a very reputable junior college recruiting service, JucoRecruiting.com. They have Sean East ranked right now as the number two overall player in junior college basketball in all of the country. And if you know anything about Juco hoops, uh, that's where there are often some real talent and, and prospects there uh, that come out, get re-recruited after a year or two. Sometime it's for academic work, sometime it's for other reasons, uh, and then go back to the big show or get a chance to go to the big show at the D1 level. So for Sean East to be that highly thought of this early in the year with some of the big numbers that he's posted is pretty impressive. Did you have any doubt that talent-wise he would uh... – end up sticking somewhere and being a factor. You know, I, I watch a lot of college basketball. That's, that's one of my passions. And you look at a lot of a lot of good teams right now and say to yourself, man, they could use a Sean East. You know, I was watching Memphis the other night. Man, they could really use a player like Sean East. So um, there are there are definitely – he's definitely going to land somewhere good. And uh, good kid, look, looking forward to seeing what he does and, and what he continues to do this year. And like you said, we'll have uh, – We'll have stories on him throughout the year and and uh, all of our former high school players uh, who are now at the, at the Division One level plus recovering uh, Hanover and IUS. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Greg Mingeld is my guest talking some local hoops here to start this Thursday edition of the program. And I should also mention when we talk about Sean East, Kobe Barnes of Floyd Central, uh, he is at Logan as well. And I think they've lost a game, but they are playing great competition and uh, there's no doubt both of those guys are going to get big opportunities uh, after uh, coming out of this year of 
junior college basketball. All right, Greg, before we wrap up this opening segment, I don't want to leave out the ladies. Lindsay Wernert of Lanesville was our girls player of the week. She's a really talented player. Lanesville number one in Class A basketball. So maybe a couple comments on the girls hoop scene here as we wrap things up today. Yeah, and of course, Lanesville is now ranked number one in Class A, and um, the job Angie Hinton's done there, a program that struggled for a long time. Had some good teams, obviously, through the years, but um, in recent years had really struggled. And, and Wernert's, uh, you know, player-wise, the uh, the engine of that team and one of the best teams in this area. Of course, Lanesville's 8-1 and one on the season, and um, she's a big reason why. 18 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, four steals uh, and three assists against Orleans, and just uh, and then 18 points in just 20 minutes in, in her other game that week. So so far she's averaging 15 points, nine assists. Just that that's a that's just getting the job done. And as far as teams go, Silver Creek still the class of the area so far in girls hoops. Yeah, uh, Silver Creek and Salem. I, I don't think you want to count out Salem. Their losses were against uh, really good teams. So. Um, uh, it, but it does look like Silver Creek, and uh, at this point, it looks like they're every bit as good as ever, any team in Class 3A, despite the players that they lost, which is a credit to Coach Shane and to the players who came back, obviously. Absolutely. Greg Mingelt, you can follow him on Twitter, at Greg underscore Mingelt. That's M-E-N-G-E-L-T. And you can read his work at HoosierHillsHoops.com. Greg, you are back on the scene and doing a great job covering local hoops. Appreciate what you do, and we'll talk again next Thursday. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll head to our first commercial break. When we come back, Tyler Tockman of Inside the Hall will join the program. IU basketball will be the topic. Don't forget to send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line. That's 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Back with more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Tyler Tockman of InsideTheHall.com is my guest to talk some IU basketball. Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Tyler, the Hoosiers uh, were in action in a big one at Syracuse uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, obviously it didn't come up in a victory, but I think there were some things to uh, take away from that contest. And you had a really good story on the InsideTheHall.com website about the intangible qualities that uh, showed for IU in that loss on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot to unpack from that game, obviously going into double overtime, and um, there's a lot of things that are reason for fans to kind of be upset over, including the turnovers probably is the biggest one uh, with 26 that – Syracuse turned into 33 points, but you know, for me, I think uh, one of the big takeaways was that Indiana didn't fold when when they kind of got hit in the mouth really early. I mean, they were down by 16 at halftime, and, and a lot of that was 
just because of how badly they were playing. But um, I think previous teams, maybe last year's team, we saw it happen a couple of times, whether it was Rutgers or Michigan State, where uh, the other team goes on a big run and they just kind of fall apart and then that's the end of it. But, um, you know, Indiana continued to continue to fight um, a- after that uh, really bad first half. They came back. There were so many times in the game where uh, it felt like it could slip away, but Indiana kept uh, just being resilient. And, and you know, the, the, the last um, possession in the, at the end of the game, at the end of regulation, that is, I think was emblematic of that. I mean, Indiana executed that perfectly with Christian Lander making the front end of the one-on-one, uh, missing the second, Trace getting the rebound, um, and then making two clutch free throws. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot to fix in terms of the, the, the tangibles, but I think Indiana showed that they do have those intangible qualities that, you know, are that culture that is much more difficult to fix than the turnovers. Talking with Tyler Talkman inside the hall, IU basketball heading into a couple big games, Big Ten conference games. Uh, with what we've seen so far from this uh, from this team, uh, I think that really this is going to be a preview, a great opportunity to preview what the rest of the season could look like. A home game coming up this weekend, then a road game, a tough one at Wisconsin. The Cole Center, always a tough place to play. What are you looking for from the Hoosiers in these two Big Ten preview-type games? Well, especially on Saturday for me, it's just how is IU going to bounce back from the Syracuse game because um, just given how tough the Big Ten always is, and I know that uh, they didn't get off to the best start in in the Gavit games and so forth, and maybe the conference as a whole isn't as strong as we thought. There's still obviously time uh, to figure that out. But I I think that Indiana's season isn't going to be defined by – you know, a singular loss, but it's rather going to be defined by if they're able to bounce back after those losses. Because, uh, as we all know, in the in the Big Ten, there's just going to be lots of ups and downs, and it's going to just be a grind. So, you know, is Indiana able to bounce back after a, a tough loss um, where where they go into multiple overtimes? Um, you know, if they come out on Saturday and look really sharp, have a lot of energy, uh, to me, that's just a, another good sign that when they do hit more bumps in the road, which are inevitable in the Big Ten, that they're going to be able to bounce back. Tyler Talkman inside the hall. You can read he and Alex's coverage of the Hoosiers at the InsideTheHall.com website. I saw something. I think, Tyler, it was from John Rothstein, a national college basketball analyst. He said recruiting would be number one as far as importance to a college basketball program, but number two he thought was how a team schedules. And we've had a a lot of discussion so far and even heading into the year about the IU schedule this year. But as we get ready for a couple Big Ten games, there are some non-conference games still ahead before we get into January when things switch back to Big Ten conference play full-time. But this IU team seems to have scheduled the right way. Some tests, nothing uh, overly difficult, uh, no unbelievable schedule like we've seen some recent IU teams try to take on in the non-conference portion of their year. But I think so far with what we've seen, we've got to say job well done on the scheduling, at least the non-conference games that Mike Woodson and staff control. Yeah, I think Mike Woodson set it up really well, just given that it's his first year um, as the head coach and uh, and that just all the new pieces that Indiana has, I mean, and they, they really have not been playing long together at all. I mean, uh, for the most part, uh, they started in June. So this is a team uh, that is still relatively new to each other, and Mike Woodson kind of created a, a schedule to allow them some breathing room. 
um, where they can make mistakes and still win games, which uh, we've seen kind of early on in uh, the turnovers that Indiana had against uh, Marshall. And, you know, they're still able to pull out a win and they're still able to learn kind of on the fly without playing top tier teams game in and game out. But, you know, I don't think this is something that Mike Woodson is definitely necessarily shying away from. I mean, he said he wants to get back to playing the Kentuckys and the Dukes and, you know, the North Carolinas of the college basketball sphere. And I do believe that as he, you know, progresses in his tenure at Indiana, that we will see some of those games start to pop back up again on the non-conference schedule and that maybe he can get more aggressive in who he's scheduling, um, you know, in kind of November and early December. But yeah, I think the way that he set it up, just given the circumstances, given uh, you know, how early it is with him working with everyone and everyone, all the players still kind of trying to get in, get to know each other. Uh, you know, he set it up in a good way where they they can make some mistakes before they get to, uh, um, you know, conference play without it being too fatal to the outlook of their season. Talking with Tyler Talkman inside the hole.com. Uh, let's go to the text line for just a moment, Tyler. Uh, texter writes in, I've been disappointed in Michael Durr, he doesn't seem to be a scorer, a rebounder, or even a good defensive player. In the Big Ten, we're going to need production uh, from someone to help trace. Have you seen more in him than what he's shown on the court so far? I think uh, Durr is still probably a mystery in some ways to all of us, maybe except for the coaches. But what's your thoughts on the Texter's comments, and do you think that Michael Durr is capable of providing more support in the front court and for Trace Jackson Davis as we move on? Yeah, I think that's a valid point. Um, I would also say that uh, Michael Durr, I feel like, is still kind of getting his legs under him. He didn't play in the Bahamas. He didn't play uh, in Indiana's first game. So he's a guy that is probably uh, conditioning-wise and just kind of getting back into that game rhythm uh, isn't to the level of maybe some other guys that have had kind of the entire summer um, where they've been full go. But in terms of his production, I don't think he needs to be a guy that puts up um, you know, huge scoring, rebounding, block, block shot numbers. He just needs to be a guy that, you know, is in there and is going to be reliable to not make mistakes and can give Trace and Race a break because, you know, that's, what the, that's the problem with last season is that Joey Brunco's out and he was a guy that's not going to put up anything flashy, but he's just going to give you a good 15, possibly 20 minutes off the bench and just give Trace and Reese an opportunity to get a break. And as you get into Big Ten play, that's going to be so important when you're going against guys like Hunter Dickinson, Kofi Coburn, you know, on a game-in-and-game-out basis. So I think that we, you know, will likely see him get more comfortable as he continues to get more reps. But I think the biggest thing for him is just to be reliable, just, you know, not do anything that's necessarily really going to hurt Indiana, but just be a guy that you know is going to come in there, grab a couple rebounds, um, and be just be reliable in terms of the minutes he can give to give to give Indiana's uh, big guys a, a break. Tyler, has there been a player on the IU roster so far this season that you've been most surprised with? Maybe it's a good surprise, maybe it's a, a disappointing type surprise. But has has anyone stood out either way for you so far this season? Um, I, I guess I'll kind of go with the more disappointing side of it, but. Uh, Rob Fennessy, uh and and obviously he's had the been dealing with the leg injury uh, that he suffered in the St. John's game, but um, there, you know there's a lot of talk uh, over the summer with Mike Woodson saying that he said he, he thought that he had made significant strides in his game, 
And, um, you know, I think there's certainly been moments, I'm not, I'm not discounting that, you know, he has looked bad all the time, but um, there's been moments, I think, where he's looked really aggressive, where he's looked really confident. Um, but, you know, I think there's other times where it seems like he kind of gets lost in the game, which we've seen the past couple of seasons um, after his freshman season where he really shined. But I think there, there's still plenty of time for him to get his legs under him. I, I've just been kind of... Uh, I guess underwhelmed a little bit with the first couple games, and obviously, like I said, the, the injury, um, you know, can't be discounted. That's obviously a big part of stuff. But um, you know, I, I think that just given Indiana's point guard situation and that uh, there's just been kind of some inconsistencies, I think Xavier Johnson is going to come around. I, I think he's going to be a great piece uh, for Indiana moving forward. But um, you know, I, I think Rob Finnessy, there's still lots of time for him. Uh, to get his legs under him, but you know, I think the first couple games was maybe not the the progression that we had maybe heard from Mike Woodson um, and and Indiana's players. Kind of that Rob Finnessy had made a a significant jump over the summer. Talking with Tyler Talkman of the Inside the Hall dot com website, uh, Tyler, the ACC Big Ten challenges in the books, and really overall a very good showing. Uh, for the Big Ten last night. I know the ACC uh, took a little bit uh, more victories in those contests, but what what did the last few days tell you about the Big Ten Conference this year? Maybe some things that you didn't know, and a second part of that question is, were you surprised at the result with North Carolina not just beating Michigan at UNC, but hammering them 72-51, the final score? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised at that um i thought that both teams kind of coming into the game hadn't been playing up to their potential and what kind of people expected entering the season um but you know i thought michigan looked really you know really out of sorts i think hunter dickinson only had four points um you know he in in, carolina took him out of the game pretty quickly he had four fouls i think with 18 minutes to go in the first or in the second half um but yeah i was i was very surprised at that and and uh, the Big Ten did make kind of a nice comeback. Uh, I think they took it 8-6 over the ACC after losing overall in the Gavit games. And I think kind of what, what this has told me is the Big Ten maybe isn't as strong at the top as we thought they would be. You know, I, I, think, I don't think Michigan um, has been playing as well as people expected. I don't think Illinois has been, been playing as well as we expected. Um, but I think that it, it, the Big Ten is going to be deep regardless. It's going to be a tough conference regardless. Wisconsin has gotten off to a really good start that a lot of people didn't expect. Same thing with Iowa, um, who, who beat Virginia in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So, um, you know, I, I think that maybe the, the top isn't as strong, uh, regard, or, you know, not, not including Purdue, but um, just in general, the top might not be as strong as people expected, but I think it's going to be as tough just top to bottom, um, you know, as it possibly was last season as well. Talking to Tyler Talkman inside the hall.com. Yeah, really surprised by that uh, Michigan score. Another Big Ten topic, and I know IU fans uh, seem to cringe when I bring this up on a show titled The Hoosier Report, but uh, Purdue so far this season has looked like the real deal. In fact, I think they've looked like the best team in the conference. Yeah, I think that, that's been pretty apparent the first couple of games. Um, I mean, they, they took care of. Uh, North Carolina, and, and they took care of, um, I believe it was Tennessee. Or, or the, yeah, they, they took care of a, a couple of teams uh, that they played there in that multi-team event um, earlier in the season pretty easily. Um, and, and, you know, they, they have everything going. I think it's a testament to, to what Matt Painter has built there and that 
uh, Trevion Williams is buying into coming off of the bench, and that's just you know he's one of the best big guys in the country, and and he's uh, selfless enough to come off the bench and maybe give up some minutes, just knowing you know what Zach Eady has been able to do, and uh, I think uh, Matthew Matt first too uh, has looked really good as a freshman, uh, looked really comfortable, and then obviously Jaden Ivy. Uh, make, making a big jump from his freshman season and, and looking like he's going to be a potential lottery pick. So I, I think, you know, Purdue has all the pieces and they've certainly been showing them off, um, you know, in every way possible the first couple games of the season. Tyler, while we're, while we're talking about uh, the Big Ten, uh, let's talk about Trace Jackson Davis and maybe where he stands in the hierarchy of the best Big Ten players so far this season. I'm not sure if you weren't gauging uh, individual numbers and stat lines and performances that you wouldn't have to put him at the top of all the Big Ten uh, stud players this season with what he's done in the non-conference games so far. Yeah, and what stood out to me too about him is the way that he is playing, maybe not, that can't be captured by numbers, but just the effort that he's playing with. It seemed like there were maybe moments last season, I know a criticism of, of him was that he wasn't, as demonstrative and showing that energy maybe on a consistent basis. But I think every single game he, he has played with passion that has been infectious on Indiana's team. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's beating guys down the floor. That's one thing Mike Woodson has just uh, pushed him to do is play harder. And, uh, and, and, you know, there was, I think there was a moment like in the Jackson state game that he just beat, he beat his man down the court running the floor. And I think it led to an easy dunk. And it's like, in a November game against a team like that, the fact that he is putting that much much effort forth is just like really telling to kind of his growth and overall maturation as a player. Um, and also, he's blocking way more shots than he was last season too, and and that's uh, something Mike Woodson has pushed him with as well as being more aggressive and blocking shots. Um, so I I think not only you know have we seen the numbers go up, but we've just we've seen his kind of intangibles and energy really and leadership really really carry over. Tyler Talkman inside the hall. Tyler, again, I want to thank you for coming on. Alex uh, switched days this week, kind enough to do that, and uh, you joining us in his place today. Great writer. Look forward to following uh, your coverage on InsideTheHall.com this year, but really uh, all the wonderful pieces you've had. I look forward to seeing where your career in the media and journalism takes you. You do a tremendous job, and uh, I know we'll talk again, hopefully a, a few additional times this season, but definitely we'll stay in touch and, again, keep up the great work. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me on. Absolutely. Tyler Talkman of Inside the Hall, our guest. Uh, now it's uh, the Big Ten season, at least for a couple games for the Hoosiers. Two big ones coming up for IU here over the next week or so, and then some interesting non-conference games to take you up through the holidays uh, into January and, of course, the start of the full uh, conference season. There's no question about that. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Body Armor Showcase. We previewed it earlier in the week with Anthony Howard, who's the event director. We'll go through the schedule, and we'll have on Coach Ricardo Hill of Walnut Hills High School in Cincinnati. He's got a really good high school basketball team, and they're coming to Charlestown to take on Jeffersonville, who we think in this area is going to be really good. So could be a very big season early test for the Red Devils to tell us a lot more about who they are and what they are about. We'll talk with Coach Hill next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for 
all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday edition of the program. You know we love our high school basketball here in the state of Indiana, especially southern Indiana, and we preview it a lot here on the program and a really big weekend of games coming up at Charlestown High School and their wonderful facility. 1 o'clock on Saturday, Holy Cross from Louisville will take on the host team Charlestown. Game 2 will be a good matchup between Louisville and Cincinnati teams. Fern Creek uh, will take on Cincinnati Taft. Game three, Woodward High School from Ohio. They will also take on Warren Central, who's been a power from Indianapolis for many years now. And game four, I think maybe the most interesting game of the day, Jeffersonville, who we've not yet seen this season. They've not played a regular season game just yet. They will take on Walnut Hills, also from Cincinnati. And in promoting this event, we uh, want to talk with some of the coaches that have teams participating in the event. And joining us today is Coach Ricardo Hill. He is the head coach at Walnut Hills High School. He'll bring his team here to Southern Indiana on Saturday night for this big game. Coach Hill, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Coach, it's early in the season, but you guys have a very good ball club expected to come out of Cincinnati this year. What's it mean this early to have such a big showcase game on your schedule? Oh, it's huge, and and we we pretty much load our schedule each year um, to try to play some of the top teams in the Midwest. Um, And, you know, for the purpose of seeing where we are and what we need to improve on um, so we can try to make a tournament run at the end. Um, so we just opened up the other day with Moeller High School, which is a powerhouse. Of course, has been a powerhouse for years in Ohio. Um, so we're we're looking forward to this game. It's going to be a good one. Coach, I understand from Anthony Howard, who's putting this event together with Body Armor, uh, that you've got some really standout players on your team. And I'll let you go through uh, some of the key guys. But one of them I wanted to bring up first, a six foot nine sophomore. I'm told he's kind of like a younger version of Kevin Durant. He's got all sorts of Division One offers so far. His name's Tyler McKinley. Yeah, Tyler is just a—he's just a special kid. Where um, he's so young, um, he's only a sophomore. Um, he played varsity as a freshman, was first team All Conference, and just one of the better players in the country. But he—he—he he, he has the ability to put the ball on the floor. He can play any position, um, and he can—he can bang a little down low. So. Um, he's definitely a high major um, player for for colleges, and I mean the sky's the the limit for his kid. Other guys, coach, that you uh, expect to be standouts this season that fans might enjoy watching on Saturday night. Give us a, a sketch of maybe some of the other names. Okay, yeah we we have um, we have a pretty good team where um, most of the guys have been together for a couple of years. We had we had some. Um, some seniors that that have played up, and I'm sorry, I'm just walking in. The All good. Um, we have some seniors that that have some real good experience. So they played varsity for a few years, and now those guys are seniors. So we have one of the the top three point shooters in the state. Um, his name is Owen Murray, um, and then we have Max Pointer, who's also a, a, a great player, and then Javion Bostig, who's one of the top wide receivers and 
um, in the area for football, and he's a phenomenal basketball player as well. And then we have some some other young guys that that are some sophomores that um, will play about um, nine or ten guys regularly, um, and, it, and Jeffersonville will do the same thing. So it'll it'll be a pretty exciting game. Ricardo Hill, he's the head coach at Walnut Hills High School in Cincinnati, joining us as we promote the Body Armor Showcase set for Saturday at Charlestown High School. Jeffersonville coach Andrew Grants will join the program tomorrow, and Coach Grants and the Red Devils is who Coach Hill and Walnut Hills will play on Saturday night in that finale of the Body Armor event. Coach, you mentioned you load your schedule up. Uh, what's high school basketball like in Cincinnati? It seems, uh, thinking back to, uh, I remember being around the New Albany-Princeton game that was on ESPN with some high-level right. players. It seems like Cincinnati's been going through a good time with prospects coming out of that city and really that region as well. Oh, absolutely. And I remember that game. That was a great game. Uh, with Darius Daisy, who's now in the NBA. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a great game. This, um, like, our area is just just loaded. I mean, we've had, just from our school, from Warner Hills, uh, this is my 10th year here, and we've had over 25 guys play collegiately. Um, our most famous one just won a national title with Baylor, um, Macy O.T., um, who's with the Utah Jazz organization now. Um, this year with the teams that are coming to this event and, and Mr. Howard puts on a, a very classy professional event. And we go, we each year we'll go somewhere and play in different showcases. And um, he's right up there just putting it on, giving the fans um, a real good product to watch. I'm telling you, if the, these games are going to be phenomenal, but the Cincinnati teams, um, you have Cincinnati Tab, who has a guy, Rayvon Griffin, who is one of the top players in the country. Um, he's a junior. Cincinnati Woodward has Paul McMillan, who's a, a point guard, and he's one of the top players in the country. Um, so the area is loaded right now, and it's just a fun time to be a coach because, you know, all the games are just exciting. Yeah, no question. Talking with Ricardo Hill from Cincinnati, Walnut Hills, one of the great high school basketball programs in that part of the state. Coach, uh, we're an IU and Indiana University-focused program. We we talk about local sports here in southern Indiana, but uh, a lot about IU basketball. So as a high school coach, and I ask this of other coaches that join the show, as a high school coach that's dealing with a lot of key players, top-level recruits that are getting interest and offers from high-major programs, uh, Mike Woodson, the new boss at IU, obviously an NBA background, and I have no idea if you and Coach Woodson have crossed paths with any with any recruitments in the past yet or not in his short time in Bloomington. But uh, as a high school coach and dealing with high school kids, that NBA background of Mike Woodson, and uh, that really resonates with kids and families nowadays. Uh, maybe your comments on that, because that seems to be a route that colleges like Michigan, IU, and others are beginning to go. Yeah, or it's huge. It's huge when, for, it's huge for these kids when they, when they're talking to someone that has, you know, all these kids, even the ones that, that can't play collegiately have aspirations to be an NBA player when they first come to high school. Everybody want to be in the league. So any of those kids that have the opportunity to meet someone with some NBA experience, I mean, it's like icing on a cake. So he's going to get, some some great recruits in there 
um, over the next few years. And um, I have not uh, met him personally um, with his short time there. I'm sure we will. Um, I do know a few people on the staff. Um, I know Brian Walsh from, from, you know, his time with other schools um, most recently. Before Indiana, he was at Dayton. Um, so we keep in contact. Um, but, I mean, Indiana basketball, uh, and I watched them on, on television the other day. Um, who were they playing? Was it Syracuse? Yeah, maybe? Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse. Yeah. And that, that was a great game just to see them. Um, putting up the points like that. I mean, getting getting up and down the floor. Uh, and I told one of my assistants, I was like, man, he's going to take that program to the next level again. Yeah, going to be really interesting to see. And, Coach, speaking of interesting, your game Saturday against Jeffersonville, 6 o'clock tip-off in that contest is going to be a fun one to take in as well. Uh, Coach Hill, best of luck to you this season. We look forward to hosting you here in the southern Indiana area. Hopefully it's a great environment, good crowd, and you get to experience a little bit about what – Hoosier basketball is, and thanks so much for taking time out to help us promo the Saturday event, and we'll see you there. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All Take right. care. Absolutely. Ricardo Hill, Cincinnati Walnut Hills, and keep that name, Tyler McKinley, six foot nine sophomore. Uh, scholarship offers from Cincinnati, Xavier, West Virginia, Kansas State, South Carolina, and others, I'm told, uh, really going to be fun to see him on Saturday and to track where he ultimately lands up for college basketball. But Jeff will have their hands full. That should be a really good matchup uh, when you look at the talent has versus what Walnut Hills will put uh, forth on the court as well. So some great games. Again, one more time, 1 o'clock, Holy Cross of Louisville against the host school Charlestown. That'll get the day started. Things ramp up at 2.30 with Fern Creek from Louisville against Taft High School from Ohio. And then Game 3, Woodward High School. They've got Paul McMillan, uh, who actually left Woodward High School. I'd forgotten about that until Coach Hill uh, mentioned his name. He left Woodward High School for a prep school, but then returned before the school year, before the season. Woodward will take on Warren Central from Indianapolis, who has the Davis player that's committed to Louisville. And then the nightcap, Jeffersonville and Walnut Hills, the game we've been previewing today here on the show. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, Let's see here. Texter writes in, any prospects from the Cincinnati area coming to Charlestown on Saturday that IU is interested in. I'm sure that IU's made some contact or is aware of some of those guys, but obviously McMillan, no. Davis from Warren Central, no. Not aware of anybody offhand, but uh, with so many young prospects there, very likely could be someone. So I'm not sure that there's any standout IU connection, but uh, loosely there could be. That's going to wrap things up for Thursday. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there, and uh, you can listen uh, each and every day here on the program. And speaking of high school basketball here on the Big X, we've had uh, a lot of activity. Hard to get it on with all the IU games and other things we carry, but I was told last night our first high school game of the year will be the New Albany-Floyd Central game a week from Friday. You want to talk about uh, rivalries and great environments and a great way for us to start our play-by-play coverage of high school hoops this year. We will have that contest for you a week from Friday night. Uh, That's going to be a big one and a tough one for New Albany. Floyd Central going to be good, really good this season, but uh, should be a good one because it's a rivalry game and a fun way early in the year to get our coverage started. Well, uh, that'll wrap it up. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. 
Friday, we've got Calden Edenrip of the Indianapolis Star, also Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and more coming your way. So make sure you're back with us tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.